0: Welcome back to Nebraska Abilities. I am your host, Andy, joined by my co-hosts, Zach and Nate, here to wrap up the 2023 football season of year one under Coach Matt Rule. And a lot of up and downs throughout the entire season uh, definitely started with a little bit of a, a downslope that we somewhat knew, somewhat kind of didn't know season kind of trended up and then slowly kind of trended back down and a season that can just you know you can throw out any adjective you want to describe about what happened during that football season whether you know the big storyline you know the injuries and the quarterback situation down to turnovers down to you know the stellar defensive play all of that just kind of culminates what this past season was for year one under coach Matt rule. And I think definitely, I think they exceeded a lot of expectations in many areas and, you know, could have done better in some, uh, some other areas at the same time. But I think overall, you know, at least for my opinion, I thought, you know, given Matt rules track record, you know, if, Where he has year one at other schools, you know, with one, two, one seasons. I mean, yeah, looking at a five win season, definitely better than what most people expected. But even, I think just from what most people were even predicting outside of, you know, his other track record, I think, you know, getting to five wins was, you know, definitely could have been more. You can make the argument in a lot of cases that it could have been more, um, given what had happened with the QB situation, turnovers, losing those close games from, dumb mistakes all of that but at the end of the day nebraska finishes five and, seas, uh, 5 and 7 again misses out on another bowl trip and you know you can yeah it's obviously disappointing that you know nebraska was so close probably should have been there could have been going to a bowl could be talking about a bowl right now um but at the same time you know i think i think it was a very positive year one for coach rule and especially you know what we'll get into later with you know what has happened even the past couple weeks since the season ended in terms of just offseason changes and uh, recruits and everything that has happened but you know I think I think if you, you know he's probably he's mentioned this too I mean you know five wins given what has happened with the program the past you know six plus years I think You know far exceeded any of the expectations i had under year one uh for what he was coming into what we were changing what we were going to do and all of that and i think a lot of that has to do with you know a lot of our expectations changed throughout the season just based on how well the defense played and i think that got a lot of hope and optimism back into the fan base and just how we expected the season to go you know, given that, you know, we had that undefeated October that, you know, you look at the stats, numbers, all of that just hasn't happened in a while for Nebraska. Um, and then you're like, oh, man, you know, you got to go into November winning one game and then you're bowl eligible and Nebraska does none wins. None of them goes. Oh, and four in uh, November. So, yeah, definitely disappointing end of the season. But at least for me, I thought Nebraska ended year one under Matt rule as Uh, On a positive note, and I think you know, positive in the terms of what we look at from the beginning of the season, what we thought was going to happen to the end of the season. I think overall, you could definitely tell that this is a different staff and a different culture that is being implemented that Matt Rule wants to build up Nebraska. You know, I think if you look at year one under Scott versus year one under Rule, uh, there, you know, you can definitely tell there are different changes of. What the staff wants to do, what they want to do long term going forward, what they want to do in terms of instilling the culture in in Nebraska. And I think, you know, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, offensive wise, you can make the argument there really wasn't any progress. Now, a lot of that chalked up to injuries of having to play your backups, your QB rotation, running back rotation, wide receiver rotation, you know, you name it. Um, But definitely defense improved from start to finish. And I think that is what all you need. For, you know, the Big Ten, now that, you know, next year we're talking about adding four new teams to the Big Ten next year, no divisions. You know, you got a 12-team playoff next year uh, that we can all, you know, we'll get into much, much more into the future. But um, overall, yeah, I thought Nebraska, did you know, yeah, we'll we'll keep going back to those close-loss games. Uh, Definitely, you know, I I know we said it throughout the, like – as the season went on, it's like they would keep looking back at the Minnesota game as one that got away. And it still is definitely one that got away. But then you look at any of the November games, and they're like, all of those were ones that got away that Nebraska should have won, probably could have won type thing. But, um, yeah, I thought, I'm i am happy with how, you know, the year one under Matt Rule went. I mean, I'm not overly like, oh, you know, angry type thing that you know nebraska missed out on another bowl like yeah it sucks but i think what what we've seen is like you know what rule wants to do now going forward you know he talks about it you like you were seeing actual progress play out in front of you whereas you know we said what scott is like you know he kept saying these things but we never actually saw them develop or come through come to fruition anything like that and you know Rule is going out there, and he's, he's telling you these things. You're actually seeing progress happening. You're actually seeing, you know, the kids, the players buy into what he is actually selling and pitching, and I think that is all what – I think that is what Nebraska needed, Uh, you know. I, mean, I know we talked about this when he, uh, he first got hired, too, and I said, like, you need somebody like this that is actually going to come through on their word. So with that, yeah, I'll pass it to Nate there. You're – your overall season thoughts and yeah, you know, we'll go from there.
1: Yeah. I'd like to trademark a term that hopefully we uh, can use for this uh, single episode here and then throw away and never have to use again. But uh, I think that the 2023 season to me uh, was riding the ruler coaster, <laughs> um, but it yes. was, it was definitely <laughs> up and down. <laughs> <laughs> we need a we need to clap track. Uh, in the background there i think i think it's missing (laughs) but uh no it was definitely it was an up and down season there were a lot of a lot of highs a lot of lows um we kind of experienced just about everything we could uh with this team this year it was a lot of growing pains but um as you said andy there's a lot of i think positive momentum uh ultimately going forward i mean I I remember going into the season. I personally was worried about our defense even being able to wrap up and tackle, and they blew those expectations out of the water, and were you know a top twenty-five defense in the nation. I think all, at the end of the day, and mm-hmm. that was that was great to see. The offense, on the other hand, hmm, top twenty-five worst probably in the nation. <laughs> uh, Five worst. <laughs> no, top twenty-five worst. Positive spin. <laughs> 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 but it was it was definitely kind of you know, tail of the tape there. The the defense showed up when we needed them to, uh, for the most part, and the offense had its struggles. But I will say while the product itself didn't necessarily look like it was getting better, you could tell there was positive progress, positive momentum on the offensive side of the ball. Like I mean, we, we had injuries galore on the offensive side of the ball and we were still managing to put up points with our third, fourth, fifth string guys that, you know, were freshmen that we weren't exactly counting on even seeing the season and they played meaningful snaps and got some of the repetition. in. so it may not have looked the greatest uh, all the time or much of the time, but Uh, those reps I think are going to pay dividends going forward in the future for the next few years. Um, Just kind of being able to get that game experience and everything. That's going to, it's going to be huge for, for a lot of the guys. And I mean, guys had to step up. We had two of our starting running backs go down and people had to fill in at running back. And we got to see Emmett Johnson really emerge as a prime candidate to possibly be starting running back next season. Um, Anthony Grant took a little, little bit of a tumble, but I'd say he at least kind of redeemed himself down the stretch by holding on to the ball finally. Um, it was just kind of very, very up and down. I mean, quarterback play ultimately dictated a lot of how the offense ran. That's, I mean, they're the field general. They, they manage the game. And unfortunately, we were not um, blessed with top-tier quarterbacking. Uh, this year, I hats off to everyone in that quarterback room. I will say, I think they gave it their best. I don't think anyone went into the game, you know, trying to throw the game or anything, but I, it wasn't at the end of the day, a great product. And I don't know how I'll, I'll salute them for, for going out and trying though. <laughs> because <laughs> it they could have just as well come out every week, especially in, during that four game slide in November and just said, yeah, here's a couple extra interceptions or another fumble here and there, but you could tell they were at least trying. They um, were buying into the system and were, you know, giving it their best shot. So that's that's really all I can ask. It obviously I wanted it to be better. <laughs> I I was hoping I believe I was the seven win prediction, and I think we easily could have hit that or even surpassed that if we had some competent quarterbacking play. Uh, so I certainly am frustrated personally uh, from that aspect of it, but uh I, I can't say that they didn't, they didn't give effort and there, there was, there was growth. <laughs> it was painful. It wasn't monumental growth, but there was growth. We saw, I mean, Heinrich, not the greatest quarterback. We know that, but he managed games and he won us games. Jeff Sims. I sure he made some money off of his Amigos deal, so I'll give him that. Um, and then Chava, he had a couple of really crucial interceptions, but those last couple games where he was playing some meaningful minutes, it seemed like he was more often than not a difference maker that was at least trying to make plays and coming up with some decent plays down the stretch. So uh it'll be be interesting to see kind of down the, down the road in the future how everything shakes out, but Overall, this season, uh, yeah, I'd say positive mom- momentum. Uh, a lot of, like you said, Andy, <laughs> a lot of everyone was thinking maybe a one or two win season, three wins maybe, uh, but we, I'd say five wins kind of exceeded expectations there. Uh, again, would have been real nice to pull out one of those last four games and hit a bowl game, but um, is what it is. It's why we play the games. Why we watch is the, the thrill of the game. So <laughs> for better or worse, that's why we're here. Um So I, yeah, I think, and we'll, we'll touch on the new developments, recruiting and all that jazz
0: later here. But what I um, did forget to, uh to oblige is, yeah, you bring up the schedule and, you know, I think a lot of that went, with the expectations of like the 123 win season is you know we all re- like we all truly did not realize how bad the Big 10 West was going <laughs> to yeah. be this year and um i for one being the the uh, true sicko that we are of college football that i will miss that beautiful division i hope some way in the future they somehow find a way to bring some sort of version of it back when nebraska and the big 10 expands to uh, the 18 teams but yeah, it's uh it just, it sucks knowing that like, you know, two, three or more of those wins probably would have won you the Big Ten West. Now, granted, yeah, your reward is going to play Michigan, but, you know, on its last dying leg, it's like Nebraska had an absolute shot. You know, we were talking in November, like, you have a realistic shot to win the Big Ten West, which is just something we haven't had to talk about, in, you know, years, uh, type thing. So sad to see that go. Um, yeah, I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss how bad the Big Ten West was. You know, it's not saying that like, you know, the Big Ten still won't have games like that because we will, but it's just it's not gonna be as much fun anymore. Um saying like, oh, it's like you know, the bottom half of the Big Ten or something like that. It's just it doesn't have the same ring to it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we do gain Big Ten after dark, so I'll be interested, you know, to see how that Fairs out is—is is it going to uh, give us the same magic as Pac-12 after dark or not? But yeah, I think I think that's like the that's more the disappointment too. Is like as the season played out, you're like, yeah, the Big Ten West is not this like good at all this year. And you know, realistically, every team had a shot to win it uh, kind of halfway through the season. But yeah, it just sucks that Nebraska couldn't pull out a couple more of those wins. You'd probably be talking about you know maybe winning the West for sure at that point, but yeah, that's, that's the point I wanted to make. I'm going to miss it. Yeah. And I think that's a, I guess a good point too, is, I mean,
1: yeah, to your point, the big 10 West was not what one would call decent at football, but um, we, we still had a chance to, you know, win it. And yeah, like you said, the reward is going to play Michigan and that, probably isn't gonna be too fun but we we haven't been in contention for you know conference championships in a while and uh as we've said all season we don't really apologize for wins and that would have been a really big win i think especially in the first year a lot of momentum could have uh, been gained from that but uh still it was it was a good season it's on to 2024 but i think um Overall, 2023 is going to go down as a team that fought hard uh, to the end. And I think that's that's something that I assume most Nebrassans are at least proud to watch a team that consistently gave in that effort and uh, didn't just give up and roll over. So hopefully they keep that kind of mantra going into 2024 and rule just keeps on Chugging, and we keep on chugging that roulette So, <laughs> with that, I'll pass it over to Zach on kind of his closing thoughts.
2: I mean, you guys kind of touched on most of it already, so I don't have too much else to add. But I do know one of the things that I, you know, after we've had basically a month to digest how the Husker season went and just kind of sit and reflect on it, I guess, if you will, um, as as fans, clearly. Um, is that you could tell after, afterwards, and I think Rule had always been established, or not establishing, but he'd always been talking about it in a way that, um, you know, you can't build a house, you can't build the walls to a house until you have the foundation built. And I think that's this season's 100% indicative of that, uh, as, uh, as disappointing as it was. And I think that's kind of how we felt at the end too, is like, yeah, we're disappointed that we didn't get to a bowl game, but we are thoroughly impressed that we got as far as we did. Compared to like what you guys were saying, where you know, we thought anywhere between one to three wins was the ceiling. And uh it just made it made it all that much better when we won out in October. We almost, you know, we more or less almost won Minnesota until we didn't. Um, I mean, there was a lot of good in the season. Uh it just didn't seem to show up. You know what I mean? It didn't seem to quite be it didn't it didn't result how husker fans wanted it to but i i think you know again the season was by far a success in multiple ways um outside of the win loss column and so i mean if you take out if you take if you take a look at it you know a little bit further back outside of the win loss there's a lot of good to be had to what rule brought and i mean this we might be already diving a bit too deep into it but you know, with but the news that's come out recently, with us, um, if for those that don't know at this point, um, landing Dylan Riola and, and we get to keep Daniel Kalen. I mean, what? the <laughs> the uh, the the future, I think, of the Husker team is is pretty bright. Um, I mean, you know, those last few years of Frost's tenure, we saw pretty much a downhill slide where we you could tell that recruits really didn't want to be here but you know Nebraska was the best option out of all the other options they had because of the the notoriety that Nebraska had and stuff like that so it is interesting to see just that the tone shift um and going back to the idea of the whole foundational thing it's interesting to me that in one year you know again the wins and losses may not have totally been there but everything else seems to be setting it setting up for more Nebraska success. That could just mean maybe a seven and five season next year. That's already better than we've done in the past few years. You know, that'd be a bowl game. And I, I, I guess this might be reaching a little for, for, you know, farther ahead, which we can get to later too. But I would think that that might be the, the goal for sure. The goal next year, not to say that uh rule would be fired if we don't get a bowl game, but I feel like that has to be the, the limit, like the, the line that we have to meet is, you know you were able to go out and get the number one qB in the in the country to come to nebraska still shocking i i'm, I'm gonna we are, we're gonna talk about this what? in its own section and i'm still not i'm still not <laughs> totally sure how that happened but yeah um i mean uh, without belaboring the point 400 times over again uh it, just a very foundational year under a new coach um i think what made it also disappointing is the fact that a lot of us with like Northwestern, we thought Northwestern was going to be pretty bad just because of all the turmoil there. And they ended up figuring it out. MSU. I don't, I don't necessarily think they did great, but they still played really well. That's not to say that uh, the Huskers didn't play well or that they didn't. Well, they didn't all the time, but (laughs) it's not to say that they didn't play hard, but they just, you know, it was only disappointing because a lot of other teams in the big 10 seemed to even under a lot of duress, figure it out and it's just it's like dang why, why can't nebraska get over the hump but again i think with how much goes into you know how much goes into that and with how how far down we've been i, I think five and seven was and being disappointed at the end i think was about as best as we could have could have had so um i don't know i mean what i a- <laughs> Do we want to? I I was going to say, do we want to
1: just open it up? I mean, I think that's a good discussion. Just, I mean, culture is a big thing. And I know even before we started the podcast, when Frost was, you know, in control, we knew coming out of the Mike Riley era that there needed to be a big culture change. And we were hoping to see that with Scott Frost. And there were maybe some hints, at least initially, that. He was trying to get guys to buy into kind of his vision, but ultimately that didn't really pan out. We saw, I don't know, like you said, um, it it seemed like recruits were just there because it was an option, not because it was their top option. And uh, I don't know the specifics of of the why or how, but uh, that's just kind of how the um, Scott Frost tenure ended. And seeing, I mean, landing the number one, Quarterback recruit in the nation is, I think, speaks volumes to not just his belief in the program, but everyone else's belief in the program. And it's inspiring to see, I guess, that I don't know, we're not the only ones that are seeing positive momentum with the program and with Matt Rule's vision uh, for how he sees things going uh, over the next few years. And uh, just I don't know, noticing that everyone is actually kind of buying into it now, whether that uh, ends up in, you know, a national championship down the line or something. I don't know, but we're hopefully at least on that path towards national relevancy, uh, dare I say. And I think that for a lot of, I don't know, again, we'll speak for all Nebraska fans, but for, I feel like a lot of Nebraska fans, that's kind of at least where we want to be, just. At least in the conversation. We don't I mean obviously we want to be number one winning national championships, but we want to just be back within it and be be a respectable program again. And it seems like that's really the direction rules going. And I don't know. I <laughs> I'm bought into it. If I were a, a player coming into you know the Nebraska football program as a new recruit, seeing like yeah, they had a five and seven season, but they could a they could have gone above and beyond but be like the guys that are there are sticking around and believe that they can really reach kind of some of those new heights is i don't know that speaks dividends to me
0: yeah I would agree. I, it's yeah it's i mean definitely you know with everything that has happened the past couple weeks i mean you had the roller coaster of you know, yeah, Nebraska's going to go get one of these transfer portal quarterbacks, whether it be Will Howard, Camp Ward, you know, McCord was obviously the fire that was happening a lot. You know, McCord came here on that Monday and then all of a sudden the Rayola news drops and it's like, you know, he's been committed to Georgia since May. Like, you know, where did all this come from? Type thing. It, you know, as we know now, you know, pen to paper today that, yeah, he's, he's coming here and I think it's, you know, Evident now that we, you know, I think the news happened a couple hours ago uh as the time of recording, at least that, you know, Chubba's, uh is going to put his name in the portal. So I uh, definitely just shows that like, yeah, unless Nebraska, unless rule goes and gets a, you know, a veteran guy just to have a, in the quarterback room. I mean, you know, you're looking for sure at a, you know, Dylan starting next year. And uh yeah, it just, it goes with rules, you know what he wants to do and develop these young guys. And, you know, he doesn't want to build out of the portal. He wants to build through recruiting and build, you know, his program from the ground up through recruits and high school kids, rather than going to get portal. And he looks at the portal as, you know, as, as needed holes to fill rather than, you know, you build your whole team out of the portal type thing. So, yeah, I think, I think right now, you know, I think they're definitely top 25, you know, this 2024 class is top 25 nationally. Um, I think they were like 21st or 20th uh, rank wise, you know, sixth in the big 10 in terms of conference. So definitely good, a good first full class for rule to go out and uh, start that and get the future of the program building. But yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely that news came out of nowhere. Um, I, I don't think any of us had even thought about Dylan after he committed back in May that like, I don't think any of us thought this would happen. It definitely was the farthest thing from my mind of having any contention of being in talks to get him back to Nebraska type thing. So I don't know how rule did it, <coughs> <Cool. laughs> but yeah, it's, a uh, yeah, I good for him. Good for us. good Good for the program. Good for everybody else.
2: I do think calling what you just described, that whole thing as a roller coaster might also be too friendly because that wasn't just a roller coaster. That was a roller coaster in the middle of a hurricane while, yeah. while like a freaking earthquake is going off because I remember. well, so like when it was, Oh, McCord has entered the transfer portal and then mm-hmm. he was coming here. It's like, Oh, okay. I mean, I wouldn't be upset about that. He, he played it. He played at Ohio state. Like, right. Anybody that was like, oh, I don't think this kid's going to be a good fit for Nebraska. It's like
0: <laughs> he lost one game them? as a starter, and that was to the team. That's the number one team right now in the country as Michigan.
2: Yeah, and I think somebody I don't remember if I read this or if I had looked it up or what exactly. But um, apparently McCord's stats at Ohio State this last year would have broken a bunch of our records for quarterbacks or would have at least been the one of the best quarterback seasons in the past decade or whatever, something like that. And it's just like, <laughs> I was, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good with McCord. And then all of a sudden, two days after that news came out, then it's like, Oh, Dylan Raiola might come back to freaking Nebraska. We're all like, what? And then on top of that, you also had the news where Daniel Kalen might be going to Michigan state. It's like, what is going on? It's like, of course we have all these good things happen. And then it's like in the middle of that, there's a bunch of bad stuff. That's like, Oh, well now Dylan might still be in contact with Georgia. It's like that one I guess made sense, but it was just like, Holy cow. And on top of all that, we also had some of the coaching carousel. That didn't really happen, but there was a period of time where we thought Tony white was going to leave. And then we signed him on with a boatload of extra money. We said, yo, you should stay. And I Turns think, his contract, your was, job. Keep doing I think his contract and I, that's going to be, you know, defensive continuity is going to be huge. Mm. Even though we had a couple guys guys uh, that, you know, declared for the draft uh, was that who, who did declare for the draft? One was Omar Brown. Omar
1: Brown. And was it Newsom. Was the other
2: one. Newsom. That's right. Andy, you were on mute there.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your hands, Billy cap for sure. Oh, Oh, that's right. Billy Kemp.
2: There was another one that just declared too. Wasn't there? Was it just those three? Were those three the big ones?
0: Those are the big ones that I have seen so far. Which, I I mean, that's, I mean, we had, there are more returners than people that have declared for the draft left so far. I mean, Ben Hart announced that he's coming back, Gifford's coming back. Uh I know there were other ones that we had texted Bullock. about that I don't Yeah bullet coming Bullock. back too. Um but I know I know we've had our gripes about Ben Hart but I think just you know getting a returning experienced offensive lineman in the Big 10 coming back mm-hmm. with now what we're probably presuming is going to be a true freshman starter I mean mm-hmm. you you give him all the protection that you need right now cuz no, way, Nebraska football history, it's uh, <laughs> someone's gonna get hurt at some point. So, um, well,
2: and I, I, this might be a hot take, and I know I said I was done doing those for the season, but the season's over, so I can do whatever I want now, right? But I did think that Ben Hart, maybe not the most improved, but definitely
0: mm-hmm.
2: had the best trajectory in terms of like overall improvement. He might not have been the most improved, but he definitely showed right. that he could improve. And I, again, he did make some every lineman that we had this year on the offensive line made mistakes and they were no bones about it. They
0: had injuries too. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were a couple that went out. So, I mean, it's everybody in the offense was injured, but yeah, you know, that definitely year one to year two for old Donnie there, uh, definitely improvement. And now that, you know, year three with returning starters coming back, I mean, you're hopefully that line, is just going to be much more improved, much better uh, as the years go on. Um, But yeah, like you said, you're now have to be extra, extra cost now that you're protecting the most valuable asset on the offense right now. Mm-hmm. Well, and
2: then on top of that too, um, there's, this is all rumor right now at this point, obviously, but you know, there's a rumor that Nebraska, they, the, he had a press or rule had a press conference today, day, which I didn't get to watch, unfortunately, but th- somebody had asked him in the media, it asked him about, you know, what's the plan for QB coach? Because it mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. it was discussed, you know way earlier in the season before that um Satterfield was also the QB coach this year but he initially was supposed to be the tight ends coach so you know that might have been part of the issue where he wasn't doing sat wasn't coaching up the the position group that he's necessarily as good with uh, with the mm-hmm. QBs where he, you know yeah. he would have been better with tight ends so, of course, now the question is, oh, well, we got Dylan Raiola to come in. We've got Daniel Kalen also coming in. Well, obviously, we're going to want a QB coach. And he, he declined to comment on it, but he definitely made a comment that sounded like we have something in the works. Didn't want to talk about it yet, and it was something like that. Mm-hmm. And so something – and then I guess the rumor that I remember hearing is that it was supposedly the guy that's Patrick Mahomes, QB coach or something. Oh, yeah. I, I can't think of, of his name right off, but <laughs> – yeah. I I personally have only seen a couple things and those are usually like those hype Twitter accounts. I haven't really seen any, <laughs> you know, yeah, I haven't really seen much in terms of smoke and fire there, but we'll see. I mean, Same. there's, <laughs> I, I'm sure something is coming down the works. Um, and I was just reading an article before we started that ESPN labeled uh, Nebraska's winning the early signing day in the the transfer portal up to this point. So, I mean, I, I guess I didn't mean to do this, but that was, was a really good transition, I suppose, when you start talking about that. <laughs> I, I would love to say I planned that. I didn't, but it just worked out. Unless you guys had anything else you wanted to touch on.
0: No. Uh, I mean, yeah, we talked about, obviously, we got the big fish. We What? Yeah. <laughs> I know. In case you guys haven't heard yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so it's so hard to talk about recruits too, just because, I mean, you never know what's going to happen with them. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously you get your big name recruits, but I mean, deep, unless you're deep diving into, you know, that's going to be your whole focus. I mean, it's more than likely, you know, some of these recruits we we may never see play at Nebraska type thing, but you know, Nebraska, they got the big fish and it only takes one. Just to cause a ripple effect of other recruits kind of looking, be like, you know, what's going on over there in Lincoln? You know, why, how did the number one quarterback in the nation at this class, you know, why did they commit to Nebraska? Like, you know, and and they get curious and they start to check in just to see, you know, what, what's happening just because that only, it only takes one. So I think that's, you know, it might be a little late in the recruiting process. You know, obviously Dylan only flipped a week ago, but, um, you know, that's just going forward. That's just, you know, it's huge. It only takes one person just to kind of create that ripple effect for other younger recruits, just seeing what's up at Nebraska. And, you know, rules a great salesman if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah, there also, I, an,
2: isn't there another signing day in like February or something, though, too?
0: There's, I think yeah. it's January.
2: Okay. Well, so, I mean, it's not necessarily too late. to. Your- and then
0: you'll have like the spring ball transfer portal after that ends and all that. So, I mean, it's... Yeah. It's entirely possible that I mean, you know, Nebraska, depending on which recruits they got, I mean, they're obviously still going to be looking to fill holes. I mean, you know, I think you probably need to add another Mm. offensive weapon, whether that's running back receiver QB type in the port from the portal somewhere Um, and whether Nebraska does that now or after spring ball, um, I think they have to have filled that part of the role somewhere. Cause I have no idea, you know, you don't know what Gabe's going to be like next year. You don't know what Ramirez is going to be like next year. Um, you know what Emmett Johnson's going to be like next year. Um, so I think just getting a piece in the running back room is probably what they're looking for and hopefully what they're looking for. Um, and definitely wide receiver too. I mean, I know you have your younger guys, Malachi, Jaden, Jalen, all of them, but, um, I think you you probably need some sort of veteran experienced guy that has played some power five football at wide receiver just to kind of help round out that room too. Um, just, you know, if the younger guys are not stepping up or anything like that, I mean, you you kind of need a for sure safety blanket to go to in the past. I mean, you've always had like Western Camp, You've had, gosh, I don't know, Stanley Morgan, you know, Trey Palmer, kind of your safety blankets at wide receiver that you could always depend on and throw to. Um, So I think Nebraska hopefully should kind of look into that. um, Just see if they can get anybody out of the portal uh, just with some experience to kind of round out those groups, uh, at least on the offensive side. Defensive side, I haven't really paid too much attention. I mean, I know they got a a lot of guys coming back. Um, Obviously, the Tony White, you know, re-signing, extending his contract, upping what we pay him is definitely good for him to stay here, but um. Yeah, uh, defense next year, and it's just going to be. Are they going to regress a little bit from players they lost? Are they going to stay the same? Are they going to be better? It's tough, tough to tell right now. But I have, yeah, really haven't paid attention of what they've done on that defensive side in terms of portal or anything like that. So, with that, yeah, if we have anything else to add, or if we want to go on to our just, next topic,
1: I was just going to say quick. Um. I mean, it goes back kind of to what Zach said, where this year felt like we were building a foundation and it feels like we have a lot of a lot of good pieces in place. Like, I mean, our offensive defensive line, a lot of them returning, a lot of uh, just kind of core components to this team uh, are, are going to be there for this upcoming uh, season. And so it's going to come down to these new recruits and how we develop them ultimately. Like, we... Top twenty uh, recruiting class in the nation is great, but at the end of the day, it's a number, and it's it boils down to how you develop them in the offseason, how you get them ready for next year, and uh, how you how you prepare them for you know Big Ten football. And so, hopefully, that uh, works out in our favor. And I have all the faith in the world that Rule knows what he's doing, is going to manage the situation well. But um, it's just kind of that big question mark still of. We got the guys. It's just kind of a uh, all boils down to whether they live up to the potential or not. And uh, again, that's why we watch the games as far as fans. <laughs> that's why we keep drinking the Kool Aid. It's because the the potential is there, and it's it's exciting. So it's like that, that was just kind of
2: my. It's like Andy said, Matt Rule is a great salesman, and as long mm-hmm. as he's selling Rule Aid, I'm I'm chugging <laughs> every day, especially as of late. <laughs> um to the to the other point with just some other early signing day big pickups. Um as I'm reading through this ESPN article, just skimming it, I should say. Um we brought in two offensive line recruits that were in the top 300 on ESPN's list in Grant Bricks and Preston Taumua. I don't know if I got that right. Mm-hmm. Um and LA. then <laughs> then we also how did we forget? I mean, I know Dylan and Daniel Kalen, D- Dylan Dylan Rale- Carter and Kalen. Yeah, how do we forget about Carter oh, yeah.
0: Nelson? Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, every every position that he can play type guy mm-hmm. that's hasn't played football, a snap man. of eleven man football yet. It's gonna be a <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, so, that's a little bit different than uh, what he has been playing. But uh, yeah, he it, did. Uh, he did. It everything.
2: is. But when you have Nick Saban come in to watch eight man football and see this guy, mm. I think I think you know. Yeah. Call me crazy. <laughs> Nick Saban might know what's going on. Here. Yeah, Maybe. he's a. Uh,
0: so if you if you're very curious, you can go look up Carter Nelson's film uh on the interwebs. And uh yeah, dude can do can do just about anything on the football field that hey you man. tell him to do. A eight, eight-man
2: football was the shiznit in the back in the day. So <laughs> yeah,
0: but they, they have, have everything. I grew up let on. me learn you something
1: about six man football. <laughs> that's where the real players are made. I was
2: gonna say I grew up on eight-man
0: football. <laughs> Uh, you small town folk. Easy now, Andy. I'm You're living the big city. city. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. I like my quiet. I like my quiet living as it is.
2: Well, uh, you know, the Husker football team was not the only, um, not the only high Well, I don't know if it's fully a highlight, but they were not the only <laughs> highlight over the past month. Uh, volleyball team made hashtag volleyball school and uh you know i unfortunately had to keep up with it on my phone so i didn't get to watch the game in full but uh i do remember talking to you guys saying oh you know what i think nebraska matches up better with texas
0: (laughs) boy that did not age well wrong i want to walk back that take I legit legit
2: thought we did. I was like, oh, I, I, you know, I mean, I thought Wisconsin. Don't have to go up against a six foot nine chick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And Wisconsin had had our number since we beat them that that one time in uh, Mm -hmm. October. So then, of course, then they beat us, you know, at home in November or whatever. But like, fine. And that was that was all cool and dandy. But I was like, yeah, Wisconsin just kind of knows us. They played us twice. At that point, it would have been their third time. I was like, I think I think Wisconsin knows us. Texas, I thought, was the not easier. I don't want to say easier because any team that gets to the the Natty or the, nat- the National Championship game is not to be, you know, overlooked. But mm-hmm. 100%, I was like, nah, I think the volleyball team's got it. <laughs> and all of this coming into a rebuilding year, as, as many people mm-hmm. coined it, um, the youth, really, to me, I guess the biggest takeaway was all the comments. I can't remember who made it. It was a really great comment in the post game press conference where Parker. yeah where they where she said uh that's okay I feel like we're gonna win three champ national championships after this it's like and I mean you know that's good I mean you could tell that they took the loss personally and were, are like all right well let's do let's run it back next year and only win this time so I love it. I, I was disappointed that we lost like any Husker fan would mm-hmm. be obviously but uh the run to get there was it always reminds me really? why um, volleyball is just so much fun to watch because mm-hmm. that, that run to get up there was was uh, was a sight to be seen. It was awesome.
0: So, right. And that's my, yeah.
2: I didn't get to watch the game. So, I'll let you guys talk about well, this one. <laughs>
0: the, nat- <laughs> uh, the natty, yeah. Like I said, I want to walk but, back that take of I thought we'd match up better with Texas. Boy, uh, was I wrong. But I think, I think at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of glad that it was just a swift kick to death, how that game went. I'm glad it wasn't like a five-set heartbreaking loss. Like, it was just, it was very much a quick death of how that game went. And it's like, okay, it's over. Like, it was, the second and third sets were just like, they just dragged us out back and put us down. That's all that was. But overall, you look at the season, I mean, you look at how it started. You know, you had, you know, volleyball day you know, break the women's attendance world record for a single sporting event. Um, And then you go through the season, they eventually break the indoor season uh, volleyball attendance record, which I think was just the last national, I think was the national championship game anyways. But, you know, you just look at women's sports in general um, and just women's volleyball. It's just, you know, getting more national attention on TV, breaking all these attendance records, you know, Nebraska doing a lot of that themselves, but breaking viewership numbers, all of that. And, You know, I know it's always – it kind of started out as just like, oh, Nebraska's jokingly kind of like a volleyball school. But, I mean, they really are not even just a volleyball school. It's just like a women's athletic school right now. I mean, if you look at, you know, the women's soccer team went to, I think, the Elite Mm -hmm. Eight, I think is how far they went. Um, Last two eventual champions. Yes. And then Amy Williams with the basketball team doing really well. Uh, Softball does really well every single year. I know I don't follow them that much, but I know they're also – in contention for the postseason every single year. And, uh, yeah, women's sports at Nebraska is just, it's something else right now. And, 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 at the top of that pyramid, it's obviously John Cook and the volleyball team. And yeah, just how it started, you know, you had the high of volleyball day, you had, you know, the upset of Wisconsin that at your home court, you beat them in five sets, reverse sweep them, uh, and that that whole euphoric day of you know Nebraska beats Northwestern in football, then you go home, in Nebraska reverses <laughs> Wisconsin. I mean, you just had such a such an awesome sports day, that was. Uh, Some might call it an immaculate sports weekend. It was. It wasn't immaculate. <laughs> I, I'm maybe I think all of our football teams won that they weekend did. too for NFL. So yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, that yeah, was I a mean, great weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. He's top tier. Top tier weekend for sure, but. Yeah, just, I mean, you go back and you look at the volleyball team, It just what they've done for Nebraska women's sports in general. It's it's something that I it's going to be so hard, you know, once John Cook eventually retires is, you know, how long, you know, I don't want to keep saying that, like how long is it going to last? Like, is it just going to keep being a powerhouse program because he left it in good shape? Is it just because of John Cook type thing? Um, but, you know, we'll worry about that in the future. Going forward, I mean, you look at the team right now, no, I mean, they're all, as far as I know, they're all going to be returning. Um, You know, you had a couple of transfers already from the portal, and that's some of them were expected um, just because, I mean, you're playing behind these now going to be sophomores uh, of the majority of the team, and they're obviously going to be, they're going to try to run it back, like Harper said in their post game. Uh, followed by Becca Alex, you know, F yeah, Comet. <laughs> um, and boy, she is a competitor. I love watching mm-hmm. Becca Alex play. I mean, she is just she's so fierce, and she she if you get blocked by her, she lets like you know it, like she lets you know it type thing. But yeah, it's it's nice to always have volleyball to fall back on when football makes us sad, or most Husker sports makes us sad in general. But, and man,
2: has that been the case? Yeah, over yeah the yeah. last few years. <laughs> like.
0: But yeah, just you know, obviously a disappointing way at the end of the season. But I think just what volleyball has done for the program, the state, just women's sports in general. Uh, something that I hope that they keep trying to expand and they keep trying to find new ways and new heights to keep lifting that up uh, and getting more attention and more people involved there. But pass it to you nate for your final thoughts before we go on to our next one yeah no it's it's exciting to see like you said um
1: it's i'm not gonna take as a guy i'm not gonna take any credit or accomplishment on this but like it's it's just cool to be proud of any sports team but especially um kind of these women's sports teams at nebraska they really seem like they're at the forefront of kind of pushing things forward for not just Nebraska athletics, but uh, women's sports in general. And I think that's, that's really great to see. And it's cool to even be loosely associated with it. So, uh, and I, volleyball, yeah, it ended on a sour note. Um, Texas was the more experienced team. They had just come off winning Natty last year, uh, but I think it's, it's a good lesson for us It you know, we, we, We came in, you know, as a juggernaut, but we were still young and experienced. And I (laughs) just from listening to all the press conferences afterwards, I think they're already a pissed off 2024 Husker volleyball team. That seems like they might go on a bit of a rampage uh, next year. Uh, And if I had to guess losing, no uh, players or no notable players. I, I think they could easily accomplish that. So I think they're, yeah, the John Cook conversation, uh, something to be had at some point, but I'm just going to enjoy the ride for now and see where it takes them. So I don't know, that's, man. That's John Cook doesn't
2: look like he's slowing down though, either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's getting older obviously, but he certainly doesn't look like he's ready to give it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck he, he won, I wouldn't uh... be
0: surprised if yeah announces like if, if if we win another one i would not be surprised if he ends it there
2: if we would have won on sunday if we would have won it the would next, be you know, i topic. would have been i would have mm-hmm. been like mm, i could see it yeah mm-hmm. i don't know if it would have happened but i could have been like okay right You know, now like now he's comfortable he can go out especially based on how you guys just talked about you know going from volleyball day to that
0: mm-hmm. honestly
2: that would have been like the perfect way to get right right into the sunset and I mean, you know, I I don't personally think we have to worry as much about John Cook because I think we've all kind of figured out that his understudy in Jordan Larson's probably going to take over. I mean, it that she one, knows
1: a big, thing or two about volleyball.
2: It turns out, yeah, she yeah, just, yeah, she two. she might know she might know what's up. So I I I think you know he's built a program respectable enough at this point now. Of course, as Husker football fans, we said, you know, Tom right. Osborne did a good job doing that. Frank Solich <laughs> will be good, and then you know we see where that got us. Maybe I should probably, you know, hit the brakes a bit, but I, I think we, I think we'll still be able to maintain some pretty good. Uh, and also with Jordan Larson being an Olympic volleyball player, I mm-hmm. guess I, I don't, I would assume maybe former at this point, unless she still plays. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Don't. So. Regardless, I know she's played in the Olympics. That's a pretty good mm-hmm. resume, I would say. Mm-hmm. That I think. I think that's a uh, yeah. I know what I'm doing moment. Mm-hmm. Um. And then didn't John Cook also win Coach of the Year? He yes. Yep. So, yes. So yeah, this yeah that would have been the perfect one to say hey I'm riding out into the sunset like.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: But he just has to do it again next year.
1: Yeah, he's got at least three more to win, according to Harper. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Darn. <laughs> Shoot. I guess we'll
2: uh I guess we'll just ride the wave. So yeah. On to basketball, which Woo! is definitely gonna be more of your guys' uh forte because I have not watched any of it this year. I've kept up with it, you know, on stats via ESPN, I haven't watched Well,
0: it. we can't update you that they just won. They, All beat right. the, they just ran forks North Dakota so They are now oh, ten and two on the season, but um, I think going into the season, definitely for Fred, this was his most experienced complete team in terms of not having to build your entire roster out of the portal like he's had to do before. Um, you know, in case they coming back definitely was a big topic over the offseason, and, you know, saying that he's coming back was definitely a huge addition to the team. But, you know, so far through the season, I think your biggest – contributor right now i think is Rick mask um i think he's been such a helpful piece and replacing Derek walker last year which i thought was their biggest ask right now was you know Derek walker did so much for them last year um and so how are you gonna fill that role again and i think Rick mask has done a, a really fine job now uh the news came out today he just had a minor knee surgery so he's gonna be out until early july so hopefully he just misses a couple of games here um Probably could have used them tonight because I think I just saw a stat that like North Dakota had 17 offensive rebounds, which not ideal. Uh, generally don't want that number probably above 10, um, <laughs> considering. But, uh, yeah, Nebraska, you know, you schedule your non-conference games the way you think your team is going to handle. And, you know, Fred definitely went into scheduling the non-conference games kind of as an ease-in. Not scheduling necessarily all cupcake teams, but you know, teams that you definitely should win and beat pretty handily, just as your team gels together before you really get into the big games of grinding, uh, Big Ten conference play. And, You know, Nebraska went into that Creighton game, you know, all the high hopes, and then, uh, you know, there wasn't a single second after it was probably what four to three that was even close, and a single three pointer missed by Creighton, yeah. <laughs> In those so, um, uh, that then that happened, and then you get to the Minnesota game where it's like, oh, they had such a great response. They're up, you know, thirteen at half, and then Nebraska loses. I I don't know if I've ever seen an implosion like that <laughs> second half of the Minnesota game than ever in basketball. I mean, it that was probably some of the worst basketball they've played all year. Yeah. And then they come back, and then they beat Michigan State. <laughs> so it's like you don't know what you're going to get from this team.
1: And, and Kansas State the where they
0: that. Yeah, then yeah. Then you beat Kansas City on the road, who has lost, lost twice under their current head coach in the past three years mm-hmm. at home. Yep. Um in non conference plays. So it's like you don't, yeah, you don't know what you're gonna get from this team. But uh yeah, Nebraska's ten to two right now. And I think you know, we we're starting to figure out more about this team as you know, Casey's not as effective as he has been. Last year, and I think that's because teams are starting to figure out how to play him more. Um, so hopefully, Fred kind of figures out a way around that, but you know, he's still lethal from downtown. Um, Javarcus Lawrence is definitely stepped up in play. Um, but yeah, I think, right, uh, yeah, so far, I mean, Nebraska's, yeah, 10 and 2 going into the meet conference play that's going to happen. I think they have they so have one more yeah they have yeah. their last non conference game before that's really you know all conference games but mm-hmm. um so yeah so far I Fred's obviously the best start under Fred since he's been here um and hopefully they just they keep winning but it's so far it's been fun to watch this team I wouldn't say <laughs> yeah. it's all been fun okay. yeah but it's mostly been fun yeah and I mean this is years.
1: this is I think Fred's kind of prove it season where I mean, we like you said. He has the team. We got a lot of guys coming back. The a lot of good starting potential. I mean, Juwan Gary's been balling out lately. Casey's back. Yes, you have uh, Rinkmast and uh, Josiah Alec kind of locking down the mm-hmm. the paint. And so um, this this was kind of the deepest team Fred's had, and mm-hmm. expectations were there to you know they should be making at least some semblance of a run towards the NCAA tournament and returns so far. I mean, honestly, outside of the Minnesota game, pretty good. Uh, Creighton is good. And yeah, they're they're going to shoot. 300% 300% three hundred percent for the three-point line. I don't think the team's really going to be able to guard that. So uh, hats off. That, to seems, them there. that seems like a really good percentage. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was shocked when they it's kept what, adding like five it, points on every three-pointer. But I guess it's what I'm you call right of average.
2: Every time they made a three-pointer, you just had McDermott just looking at the at the table like, "It's that's more than three points just the whole time."
0: I'll That's give what, Creighton credit. They uh they knew what we were gonna do to try to guard them defensively and they beat yeah. it every single time. And no. I don't I'm sure Fred tried to changed it up, but it didn't matter. Because <laughs> yeah. they they kept hitting everything.
1: They they hit their stride and they didn't look back in that game. And again, kudos to them. They're I mean they're a solid team. I think they've only lost twice now. Um a couple of baffling losses, but I they, think they they've had to shoot well baffling in those losses, games, so, so. I mean, live and die
0: by the three, I suppose. But when, I, when they're on, they're on. And I think and both of those illegal. games, they scored maybe forty-ish points. So yeah. yeah, And it's definitely when they don't hit their shots. I mean, you could say that about any team, but definitely Creighton lives and dies by the three. Yeah, but I mean, back in Nebraska, like you said, they're
1: they're ten and two. Like I said, the Minnesota game is kind of the one anomaly. Hopefully, we don't see Mm -hmm. any more of that throughout the season. (laughs) But I mean, overall, it's a fairly complete team. I mean, it's not just one person that's, you know, leading the scoring. It's, It's a pretty well rounded team, and we're at 10 wins. And I mean, typically, you're looking at 17 to 20, gets you pretty well locked into, um, NCAA tournament range and Mm -hmm. I mean halfway there before Christmas is I'd say a pretty big step I mean now you obviously have to keep playing the season at a high level and continue to grind out some wins especially not a given in the Big Ten but I mean they, they set themselves up for success at least this far in the season and uh like I said for the most part they're they're a fun team to watch and Hopefully, hopefully they can keep some success rolling and we can we can hit 2024, uh, you know, the ground run and uh, men's sports as well. We hope so.
2: <laughs> you guys have watched more of the games than I have. I'm just curious. Does it seem like the team's able to like hit a hit a stride? You know, because like for me, I know basketball can very much be a game where you can play that your best ball. And if you're playing against the opponent, like you guys said with Creighton, if they're hitting all the threes and everything. Sometimes you can play your Mm -hmm. best game ever and still lose just because the other team is shooting Mm -hmm. lights out. And sometimes there is no answer to that. It's just, Mm -hmm. that's what it is. Does it, does it seem at least like Nebraska is able to not necessarily do that, but are they able to at least get into a groove early and try to find, you know, if, if they're not playing that great, they're able to at least course correct somewhere within the game. Well, they or did. Is it against Minnesota. They, I was gonna say, yeah. or is it if they start losing, they're just kind of, they're. It's, you know it's what tough I mean? to they, tell
1: because Creighton was. I mean, they just hit us yeah. in the mouth from this get-go, and we never sure. recovered. But and I mean, we don't have that luckily we don't have that big of a sample size on losses <laughs> right so um, yeah, it's the
2: other thing is i asked i kind of asked that question in an unfair circumstance but i didn't know if we had many big games that we'd like played behind from that we came back and won i mean like that's so
0: i guess tonight north Dakota. yeah the, <laughs> they were down eight or ten points at some point in the first mm. half tonight and they just won by nine so i mean if we popped up by just watch the game but i mean yeah i think it's I think they do, they tend to either start hot or start slow, and then they just go through their slumps mm-hmm. of, I mean, that Minnesota game's a prime example. I mean, they came out hot, and then, you know, they scored, what, 12, 13 points in the second half, which, like Kansas State, not going to win you very many games, um, which, yeah, i still baffled about that Kansas State game. I mean, I don't know how you go. A Power 5 program goes 13 points in the second half, but Nebraska kind of did it too, so. I can now understand why.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping I can actually watch more basketball so I can, you know, talk about this more someday, <laughs> but this year has not been the year to do that. So.
0: Yeah, I think let's what's our next? I I don't think we have any much else to say.
2: Not really. Uh, I mean, I did throw on 2024 predictions oh, on God. here. There was a couple other football seventeen and zero. No, there were a couple other like football related things that I, uh, you know, we I probably put these in the wrong order. So. Um, oh yeah,
0: there's our uh, final award. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, my prediction: um, seventeen and zero. So lock no.
2: it. <laughs> Obviously, we're gonna revisit all this. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we're gonna revisit all this stuff next year before the season starts. Oh, so we're just
1: throwing out bogus predictions now?
2: Absolutely. No, well. <laughs>
1: About both, it's not bogus. bogus no one, no one's gonna hold me accountable for this prediction. That was what we're saying. <laughs>
2: that is true. I mean, that is a fair. That is a fair assessment. We'll be able to be like, hey, remember what we said in December? Don't believe any of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm gonna raise Andy 17 and 0 to 18 and 0. They're gonna, we're gonna play so well. They're gonna put us in the Super Bowl.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> oh my <I> God. <laughs> If it's right now, I don't want to play the 49ers.
2: I, call call me crazy. I don't know if I want to see a college team play any NFL team. <laughs> I do still. This is not just any team.
1: college teams. That the 2024 Nebraska corner Oscars were done. For.
2: Fair enough. I do think, though, uh, you know, I do love the idea of the whole relegation side of things. where <laughs> yeah. You know, some college team gets to play the worst team in the NFL. And then if the college team <laughs> wins, they uh, they get to be the new NFL team. That would um,
0: be super funny.
2: That would be funny, uh, but I don't foresee that happening. But, <laughs> uh, okay, well then I'll put a slightly realistic uh, no, down. But I want to see. I want to see. So here's why. Here's why I want to do this because I want to see if I maintain the same idea from right now, as of early signing day today, to preseason when we talk about it come august or whenever so my prediction and i'm just talking regular season um but i'm gonna go i'm gonna say we make a bowl game seven and five um i think it's gonna be another not rough foundational year but kind of leaning more on that foundation but we finally get our bowl game and we go seven and five so it's not gonna be like i don't think it's gonna be the greatest turnaround well I don't know because next year's <laughs> schedule's a little I
0: just, you look at the front half of that schedule mm-hmm. and I mean it-
2: I think seven and oh I think we could go into is it UCLA or US- USC that we play at that at that Ohio game.
0: State. Yeah oh, it's so Ohio State after yeah. after you get through you know your supposed Indiana, seven game that. your seven win games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I legit
2: think we could go into Ohio State seven and oh. Now granted there's a lot of, that's gonna have to go into that and Still want to see what the wide receiver room is going to look like at that right. point, but that's what I mean. Is I think as of today, I and mean, you start Far- out
0: with five home games in a row. so hmm. yeah.
2: that that's going to be nice, but I feel like that also might hurt us a little bit because or no, not- sorry,
0: 4 by counting the spring game. Sorry, she started no. four four <laughs> home games in a row. Yeah, still, spring game is technically a home game. Still, <laughs> I mean that. Yeah, does. you start out with four home games.
2: Uh, All right, well, I mean, yeah, so I I do think seven and five, maybe eight and four. I think maybe we eke out a win somewhere that we're not expecting to. And I have Um, no idea what I was going to
0: look like next year. Yeah, uh, I I do think
1: if we're going to be lame and do actual prediction. (laughs) I can't I can't I I can't
2: beat a prediction of 17 and 0 or 18 and 0 in the Super Bowl. (laughs) What do you want me to do? I can't beat that.
1: Canadian Football League. I don't know. Oh
2: <laughs> Nebraska goes up and just completely <laughs> demolishes the CFL.
1: We're gonna own the continent. <laughs> oh uh, um but no, I I would say if I had a more realistic I my first thought would say eight and four. <laughs> and when I say more realistic, I don't know how realistic it could actually be, but <laughs> I think I think we would I could see us rattling off, so I don't know. And then Kind of like the Mike yeah. half is going to struggle. I and think we pull out a win to against UCLA, and that gets the state four. That's that's my prediction for for right now. So I'll I'll sit with that. And we'll
0: I feel like see. we should
2: probably write these down. <laughs> yeah, <cap>. you know,
0: <laughs> maybe one day. Yeah, I'll probably go seven and five. Just. Yeah, until we get more information closer to the season, that's what I'm kind of sitting at. And I'm sure my rule aid will optimistically be going up as we get closer to the season, but that's all I'll go over right now.
2: All right, Nate, you said eight and four. Yeah. All right. I'll stay at seven five. What did you say, Andy? Same thing.
0: Uh, seven five. Yeah.
2: Cool. All right, 2024, way too early predictions. <laughs> hey, it's an improvement. It is an improvement on mm-hmm. the air. I'll take that. Yep. Mm hmm. All right, well, as Andy so famously said, we have one last award, well, for this year, to hand out. And uh, I'm going to let you guys go first. This is overall the whole season. I know we talked about it, but for people that are, li- pe- people that are listening, obviously, uh, obviously people that are listening. Real tough choice
0: here. here. Yeah. <laughs> if if I want to give a r- I mean, they're both real answers. Uh, The first one is kind of, I want to fire the uh, injury bug into the sun. Yeah. Yeah. That that killed a lot of the season. But uh, I would say Jeff Sims. He he lost us that Minnesota game. I don't know much about Colorado, but then, you know, the times that he got put in later during the season, he just never – ever went right with him so that's who i would say yeah i i i
1: genuinely wish him the best and i hope he Mm -hmm. i it must have just been a confidence or just the being on that stage something wasn't clicking just had some on the field issues that couldn't quite remedy and i hopefully wherever he does end up he he gets something figured out we'll be cheering for him to to have a positive outcome unless it's like a colorado yeah but um, yeah, no, we won't. Yeah, I'm going to have to go fire the um, crispy meat burrito and soft taco boy into the sun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I concur. And like you like you guys said, I hope Jeff Sims succeeds in the future. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. we gave him, We gave him plenty of chances. <laughs> um, I mean, he's officially in the portal, so he's going to wind up probably somewhere. Uh, yeah. Well, well, maybe, I guess.
0: Um, I don't know about a power five, but no.
2: But <laughs> maybe he'll go back to Georgia Tech. Um. Anyway, yeah, I, I agree, Jeff Sims. I and I think the worst part is, realistically, is if we didn't have, if we didn't put all our eggs into him into him mm-hmm. for the basket mm-hmm. at the start of the year. Which, you know, I don't want to say that that's what we did because we clearly didn't put him back in even when he was fully healed. So obviously. Uh, you know, we didn't put all the eggs in that basket, but mm-hmm. yeah, I do think he, uh I do think he uh will take take the firing. So he mm-hmm. in that rocket. So maybe it's not firing him into the sun, the permanent. Uh, it's the yeah, fire fireman the, the season
1: for <laughs> destination <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> for express route. You know,
2: yeah. All right. Well, then we have the final bit of trivia, which we're not <laughs> doing a trivia question because we're ending the season. But uh we will announce that the trivia winner is Chris. Chris. <gasps> <laughs> I, don't if, <sighs> I don't know if anybody what? saw that coming, but officially this one. So, we'll uh we'll get with we'll get with you Chris and we'll figure out what your prize is. Uh we'll get that figured out. So, and that i mean obviously volleyball's over basketball's still ongoing um but that is the 2023 husker season
0: been another
2: another year of nebraska abilities
0: yes we made it
2: through <laughs> two years and we still have people that listen to us that's kind of wild. <laughs> we right? appreciate all of them <laughs> absolutely yes you you guys have so many other husker podcasts yet you chose us I mean, people are allowed to listen to multiple things at once, but I suppose
0: we appreciate all of our listeners.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Which brings us to the future of our podcast. The future. 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 Which sounds very ominous. It sounds really bad, but we're still working some things out, but there will be an announcement coming soon. So we're going to leave you with a little bit of a cliffhanger, but stay tuned because there's more coming. So yes. There's an announcement of Nebraska abilities coming soon, so stay tuned for that. If you have friends that you that you want to get into our podcast, or enemies, or enemies, Well, I don't know. Do we really want our enemies listening? Their enemies <laughs> listening to it? More ears, I guess. Um, out those numbers. <laughs> okay. We're just in it. We're just in it to hopefully get sponsored by like Runs or you know HelloFresh <laughs> or <be> something. <laughs> Maybe I give you a
0: HelloFresh code. Use
2: code NebraskaBilities at checkout for 50% off. did you played rage Shadow Legends? <laughs> um, I guess that's it. Uh, that's all we got for 2023. I know we kind of already said it, but thanks to everybody for listening and putting up the list for another year. Thea also agrees. <laughs>
1: He <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, vehemently disagrees. <laughs> this has been a horrible season. <laughs> she's been. She's very. She's
2: very upset that uh, we don't get a continue on for the year. She stayed as she's quiet like, as she could. She's upset. She's upset that there's no bowl game to talk about, which, uh, quite frankly, so am I. Yeah, but you know, I understand. So, right. uh, yeah, I want to say thank you again to everybody for another year, for second year. Yes, I'll let you guys take yeah. it
0: away. Uh, yeah, you go, Nate.
1: Okay, I'll do a quick just shout-out to all the listeners and supporters. We we do appreciate you. We love and welcome any and all feedback. And, uh, yeah, let's let's keep this thing going into 2024. A lot of a lot of opportunities. I think uh, Matt Rule's going to be cooking up something special, so stay tuned.
0: Let Rule cook. That's right. <laughs> that is all I have to say. And, as always, Scurge by 90. So, with that... As we always say, if it's a possibility, it's a Nebraska ability.